I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the NRL physio, Brian. We're going to talk through all of the injuries that are happening at the moment that are leading into the to the Supercoach Finals and the NRL Finals. We touch on guys such as Harry Grant, Cameron Smith, Cam Munster, Alex Twole, Tom Trevojevic, all the big injuries that are going to play a role in your Supercoach season or your team's NRL Final Series. We also have a deep dive on the injuries this year. It's obviously increased out of sight, and there are a number of reasons for that, mainly centred around the lack of preseason because of the COVID break and, of course, the change in the rules. We've sort of exchanged entertainment for the safety of some of our players, which there's pros and cons either way. The footy's better, but we're not seeing the stars that we should be seeing week in, week out, because more and more of them are injured. And this is no shock to Brian. You know, all physios knew this was coming. And he could obviously, you know, he can obviously see that across all sports around the world right now that have come back from the COVID break, players, they're simply not ready for it. And there's been injuries and the same sort of injuries, whether they're calves or hamstrings, occurring right around the world in all different sorts of sports. We also touch on the effect that this season's going to have on the future of the NRL. Of course, there's going to be an injury hangover in 2021 from this season and we've still got the Origin Series to come, which is going to be a real danger because some guys are going to have six and seven weeks off footy and then they're going to dive into three weeks of the most intense footy you could ever imagine. It's going to be absolutely crazy, that Origin period, and there's going to be a lot of footy fans out there waiting nervously for injury results and scans to see where their team's sitting for 2021. It could be absolutely anything. It's a great chat with Brian. He's a champion bloke. I advise if for whatever reason you've got your head in the sand and you're not following the NRL Physio on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, make sure you get on that now. Let's kick it off. Brian, NRL Physio, welcome back, mate. Good to be on again. Mate, I imagine the last few months for you have been pretty cruisy, yeah? <laughs> yeah, barely had to uh, barely had to pick up my phone, to be honest. Uh, been very, uh, very easy going on the injury front. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! It's been a it's been a terrible time to be the NRL physio. You must have been absolutely loaded. Yeah, mate. It's um, and funnily enough, this year I became a dad at the end of last year. So it's sort of my time um, or my free time hasn't been in abundance this season. So I was kind of coming into this season hoping it would calm down a little bit, but it just seems to have taken on another a whole nother level. So, uh, yeah, it's been challenging to keep up with, that's for sure. And uh, probably, I probably haven't been, uh, like, as on top of the the littler kind of, you know, niggling injuries or non-significant injuries. But, um, yeah, I I think I'm still 
you know, probably on top of most of the major stuff. Mate, I hope you don't expect to get any sympathy from any Supercoach fans out there because you're barking <laughs> up the wrong tree there. That's exactly right, mate. Mate, um, a few injuries. Obviously, we're leading into Supercoach finals. Um, a couple of injuries that are going to be really relevant over the next few weeks. The first one, I've seen that he's meant to be returning over the next week or two. Could be my favourite player in the comp, Harry Grant. Tell me about him. Yeah, mate. Um, look, he, he had a meniscus injury, so that's like kind of like the cartilage in the knee, so kind of the shock absorber like takes a lot of the force in your knee. Um, they were hoping to avoid surgery, which is like ideally that's kind of the way you want to go because it's the shock absorber in your knee. You kind of want to leave it untouched if you can um, to sort of preserve it not only for the short term but mainly for the long term because that's the kind of stuff once your meniscus kind of wears away then you start to talk about like early onset arthritis and different things. Um, unfortunately, they kind of decided that it was probably a bit too damaged so he just had to go in for a little minor cleanup so they just kind of like shave away the part of the meniscus that's damaged super super common procedure you see like countless players in the nrl have had it done at different times um so he's gotten back to running this week which is i think two and a half about two and a half three weeks after surgery um so yeah he'd be looking good for a return next week it'll just depend on how he goes um at training like i assume they'll up his training load next week as to whether he gets like any increased swelling over the next week like it can kind of respond a little bit um you know once you sort of up that training load um but in terms of like mid to long term like you know the minimal concerns there um down down the track like you know 10 15 years down the track he might he might have some knee stuff that he has to manage um but hopefully uh hopefully he can avoid that but yeah i'd I'd definitely um be looking at him returning next week at the earliest and then probably the week after if his knee doesn't respond as well to training you speak about managing injuries obviously one guy over the last few years that's had a heap of issues tom trevojevich you know everyone was hoping he would have been returning by this point it looks to be a few more weeks away what are you seeing with turbo yeah, mate, they did a um, bit of an interesting one. Like usually with your hammies kind of to guide return to play, it's it's very much based on sort of your clinical signs and symptoms. So that means like, you know, strength testing, endurance testing, that kind of thing that you can do, um, you know, like kind of performance testing almost. Um, whereas what they've done, they've obviously, they're pretty happy with his performance testing, but they've gone and, and gotten a repeat MRI as well to sort of check the healing. Um, now that probably, you know, people hear about out scans all the time so that probably doesn't sound too strange but it's not something that's commonly done in returning from those muscular strain kind of injuries because usually it's quite unnecessary like there's a few studies around that yeah like even on return to play most of those muscle strains their mris don't look completely normal by the time they return to play but what they're doing with turbo and i think it's a sign that they're just kind of taking every extra precaution that they possibly can to make sure that he's literally you know as good as he humanly possibly can be so they're going above and beyond which is probably why his recovery is extending a little bit longer than they like than it usually would be and i like you know i think a lot of people were initially hoping to have him back sort of around 13 14 which it's disappointing as super coaches obviously particularly in draft if you've held him like i have in like three leagues 
legs for you know the entire time. But um, yeah, I think for his sort of for his mid to long term and, and chance of not re-injuring it again, it sounds like Manly are doing absolutely the right thing by him. Uh, I wouldn't expect him back in the next couple of weeks. Um, by what they were saying, there's still a little bit of healing to go. So yeah, I, I would say probably round 16, like probably round 17 at the earliest, to be honest. Mate, when I spoke to Ice a few weeks ago, he mentioned that, you know, and he felt quite passionate about that it's time for Tom Trevojevic to look outside the Manly rehab room for help as far as he goes. You know, is there anything you would you would suggest for Tom to do over the next few years? Yeah, like I think he's um, – like I, I read a few articles that he's kind of – he is looking a bit outside the box. So kind of like there's a – he's gone down and seen a, one of your old favourites, Matt Moylan, went down and saw a hamstring guru down um, from the University of Melbourne um, to sort of, you know, analyse and, and sort of do things sort of outside the square. And I think um, Tommy has actually gone and done it that this time round so that might be like the fact that he's gone out and sort of sought out like the opinion of one of the the leading hamstring guys in in Australia that might have something to do with the fact that they're taking it a little bit slower this time round especially with the fact that he kept doing it sort of by stepping off his left foot which isn't really a, a usual sort of mechanism of injury for for the hamstring so look it sounds like they're kind of looking at his biomechanics of his of his stepping and and sort of how he's his trunk and his hips come into it as well um, which is like from the outside looking in I think it's a, a fantastic idea never trust anyone that calls themselves the guru mate trust me let's have a look <laughs> at two um, two roosters we've got Angus Crichton and Luke Keary let's start with Angus Crichton first he's more relevant on the super coach front people are you know dying to get him back on that right edge it's been spoken about for the last three or four weeks that he might return when do you see Angus coming back into that side yeah, mate, it's a bit like a bit of a mystery this one. I wish I could give you sort of a bit more a bit more of a clear um, guideline, but they, they kind of when they first came out they said it was a moderate sprain, which is usually kind of three to six weeks, and I think it's coming up to sort of like this would be almost the sixth week now. Um, so whether they kind of downplayed the severity of, of just how nasty it was, whether he had some setbacks in rehab. As you said, like he seems like there's been a report every week, oh, he could return next week, he could return next week. I, in reading between the lines with what Robbo was saying, I think he's kind of expecting um, Crichton and Tupo back either next week or the week after. Um, so yeah, that like I, I'd, I'd expect it. I'd certainly expect him back soon. I, I don't think it's going to be too much longer before he returns. Tell me about Luke Keary, mate. Obviously, you know the Roosters' hopes, in my opinion, this year they, you know, they rest solely on Luke Keary's shoulders. They need him out there and. You know, they're, they're in a bit of a rut at the moment. They need him back ASAP. When do you see Kiri returning? Yeah, well, I think it was really lucky that he avoided any internal injury because um, they were checking for a, a spleen injury or spleen laceration. And, like, probably the most recent example of a spleen laceration was Justin O'Neill last year, and he pretty much missed the best part of 20 weeks and, and was ruled out for the season. So, um, thankfully, he didn't suffer a spleen injury because I think while, um, you know, while people were sort of worried he was off in an ambulance, it was also a chance that his season was over at that point. Like, if he did suffer a spleen injury, which would have been horrible, but 
it's not often you say, you know, thankfully he only suffered a um, a, a rib fracture. But, uh, yeah, he thankfully only suffered a rib fracture. So a couple of weeks for healing. He should only miss. Like, look, it, it can be sort of up to five to six weeks in really bad cases. But, um, yeah, I'd say usually most of them return in sort of three to four weeks. So I think he's missed... Well, this week, this week will be the first week he misses, so he might miss one or two more, and then he'll be back before finals, which is good news for the Roosters. So, champ, tell me about Alex Twole. What's the deal? Here we go. I got uh, just got off the phone with Alex, actually, um, you know, our daily chats. So, uh, yeah, look, he, he's looking good to return this week. Um, he had a sternum injury. Mostly, like, they can be super painful, a bit like those rib injuries. They're, like, pain, like, you're talking, yeah, like, up there, 8, 9, 10 out of 10 pain. So you just got to wait for that to sort of settle down, and then they'll needle it up, and they'll put some padding, some chest guard over it and different things. So he's trained well this week. He, he should be playing this weekend. The one thing is, is that um, it, there is a quite a, a high risk of re-injury, especially if he cops a blow sort of to that same spot again. Um, like, so for example, like I, I've got him in pretty much every draft league I can because he's my best mate apparently. Um, but uh, I'm sitting him this week for the likes of Nelson Asofa for Solomona in one league. Um, I can't remember who it is in the other league, but yeah, I'm just kind of like, oh look, like I, I, I would hate to have him go out there and sort of cop a blow and then and then be out after like 10, 15 minutes or something like that when if I've got a capable replacement. Mate, is there anyone you've been asked about more this year or what? Um, no, he was definitely he was definitely the one. Like I Cam Smith went close recently, like obviously with everything that was going on with him, I think because everybody it tends to be anybody who has like who's high highly owned in classic. I think as soon as as soon as it's a highly owned classic player, it's um it, it's certain to be uh certain to be uh, flooding my inbox. Unfortunately, let's jump to the two Melbourne boys. We've got Cam Smith, Cameron Munster. When do you see Smithy return? I mean, it looks like he's been hanging around training the last few weeks. It's I, I still can't believe the bloke's thirty seven years old, and you know, the, it looks like he's you know he's not he's not taking his time to come back. He's just stacking up those matches and those points. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, mate, and I think, um, look, it's a testament to, you know, this is probably one of the longest injury layoffs he's had in his career at 37 years old, but I think he'll be good to go next week. I was actually, like, kind of sneaky thinking he possibly could come back this week, and I think, like, I would probably say that if this week... A, was in a regular season where there was buys and, you know, different things. Like, if it wasn't the season that we've faced, you know, back-to-back-to-back footy, um, that kind of thing, I I would suspect he probably nearly would have been right for this week Um, or if it was a finals game or something like that. But I think... um, the Storm have probably approached it as kind of like a mini kind of break for Cam leading into the back end of the season, like take a bit of time. They've got a really capable replacement in Brandon Smith, obviously. So give Cam a little three-week kind of, you know, freshen up period. And then, um, yeah, I think he'll be good to go next week. Dare I say, uh, if they would have lost to the Roosters last week, I think you would have seen Cam Smith running around this weekend. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I I think it was one of those ones that this has been as much a management uh, thing than uh, you know an injury kind of thing like in that yes he's got an injury but it's a good chance to sort of manage his loads um, and then 
with Cam Munster, look, a re-injury of the MCL, so you probably, like, it does give you a bit of pause, in, and they'll probably be doing similar with him in terms of, look, it's probably nothing too major, and that's certainly what it sounds like from them, but it wouldn't surprise me for them to just take their time with him a little bit, um, and, and I think I, I think he's a chance the next week, but I, I'd say probably round 17 is more likely. Tell me, mate. I've been I've been talking on my page for the last few days and dropped a podcast last night about project players. And the one that I've really targeted in one of my draft comps is Andrew Fafita. Now I've been watching him on social media lately. He's jumping around. He's kicking goals from the dead ball line. He was wrestling today, going berserk. To me, the untrained eye, he looks like he's in reasonably good nick for when he returns. Yeah, definitely. I think um, like the the issue with his knee is load, right? So. It, it, unfortunately, he's got like a lot of degeneration in there. So you know, I, I, a lot of people would say arthritis, bone on bone, that kind of thing. But if, effectively, there's a fair bit of wear and tear in that knee. So the best thing for it is to take load off it, and and that's what he's done by almost by accident over the last couple of weeks. In that, um, you know, he's had the hamstring and then he's had the finger. So it's allowed him to really control his loads really well because when you're playing NRL footy. You can't control you. You have to hit a certain amount of load to, to not only at training every week, but then on the weekends. Like you kind of, you know, if he if he needs to be out on the field, he can't say, oh well, I can't take a hit up this set because you know, Monique. Like if he needs to take a hit up, he has to take a hit up. If he has to make a tackle, he has to make a tackle. So while I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't expect the Andrew for feeder of old um, because I still think overall, I, I don't think he'll be able to hit those big minutes anymore because of the state of his knee. Um, so temper your expectations there. But I, I certainly think he, he'll probably be in better nick than he was at the start of the season um, where he, he probably wasn't wasn't looking real crash hot at all. Um, I think this time, hopefully that time off's allowed him to sort of refresh a little bit. Mate, I think that uh, broken finger or whatever it was, I think that might be a little blessing in disguise for Fafita. I don't think we'll see him return to where he was, as you said, but I think he'll be better than when he left for sure. Mate, the last two I want to ask you about, two second rowers that in Supercoach are able to play centre wing, Alex Glenn and Capel. Tell me about Alex Glenn first. Obviously, this Broncos pack is depleted. I imagine they'll be bringing him back as soon as they possibly can. When do you see Glenn returning? Yeah, I think um, he, he's not too far away. He just started running. Um, actually, I heard that from a great inside source in yourself yesterday. Um, so There's a scoop for you, big time. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> always good to get a good scoop but um, yeah so he's, he, he's back running and I looked into it and yeah so he, he should be back if not next week I think the week after um, you usually want at least a couple of weeks running and then he'll have to work on direction change and stuff like that so I'd be surprised to see him back next week but I'd say sort of around 17 it'd be that sweet spot and um, then Capewell he had an MCL injury as well he uh, look he was uh, unfortunately he required surgery which isn't common for those those MCL injuries so he's had a little bit more time off than an Alex Glenn would have but he's actually firming for next week as well which is good news sort of heading into the Supercoach finals tell me mate we've seen some groin complaints from Sean Johnson and Hughes over the last few weeks is that just going to be their reality you know for the rest of the season how do you see that playing out 
Yeah, mate. Like I, I think the thing with grinds and you, you hear me talk about hamstrings sort of as having a high re-injury rate and stuff like that. But like the thing with groins is they're notorious for kind of lingering around. Like they, I, I hear boys like a, certainly a lot of my athletes sort of they call them the mosquito injury. You know, just buzzing around your head and you can never seem to sort of swat it away. And they just kind of like they kind of linger around. They can stay stay there. They can aggravate a little bit. They very rarely cost guys a lot of time right so very rarely do you have like like obviously if you suffer a major groin injury but they're kind of quite rare like usually they're just those little niggles and they can you know they might like um, for SJ on the weekend like might cause an, an early early shower or something like that because it's a bit niggly but yeah like for, they're, they're ones to keep an eye on for the rest of the season in that it, it can it can sort of linger it can aggravate during games Sean Johnson would be I think the biggest implication in terms of super coach particularly his SJ, like, I don't think he's 100% guaranteed to kick goals for the rest of the season. Like, you know, there might be weeks where he's like, oh, my groin's a bit tight. I'm not going to kick goals today or, or in the middle of the game. Oh, it's, it's feeling a bit off. You know, I'm not going to kick goals. So that, that, that's definitely something to keep an eye on in terms of, um, in terms of how he's going to perform for the rest of the season. Mate, I can't believe he came off the field the other day with a groin complaint and they handed the kicking tee to Matt Moylan. My God, I, I, I almost had a heart attack sitting in my chair going, fuck, give the tee to anyone else, please. <laughs> and have me a blow off the bone. Oh, mate, I couldn't believe it. I almost fell off my chair. Tell me, mate, obviously this year, you know, it's not, it's not the example. It's the complete and utter exception to everything you do. It's been such a strange year. When I look at the injuries that are happening and, you know, the, the huge increase, you'll be able to tell us more about it. But I look at it and go, these guys, they didn't have an adequate preseason for, you know, the footy they were expecting. They- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. They definitely didn't have an adequate preseason for 2020 footy when the rules changed and they were given a few weeks to, you know, adapt to. At the end of the day, it's a completely different game now, in my opinion. How do you see it? Yeah, man, I think you hit the nail on the head there, really. Like, like I, I've talked about it a bit in terms of, like, the NRL isn't, isn't on its own here. Like, I, we hear, see the injury crisis articles and stuff like that. But this is this has been kind of a worldwide sporting, like, drama in any sporting leagues that have come back from kind of a COVID break to a rapid return to, to any kind of sport. We've had the AFL... There's a, been a few soccer leagues in and around the place. Um, the NBA now uh, are facing it as well. It's just that, obviously, once the league's shut down, a lot of these guys have gone into isolation where, like, your training capacity in isolation is very low, right? Like, there's not a lot you can do. You saw a lot of guys on Instagram with their home gyms and different things, but it, the, the, there's nothing that re- replicates that team training and, and being under the watchful eye of the strength and conditioning staff and stuff like that. So to go from sort of that really restricted isolation training to in three weeks' time build up to NRL-level footy, it was always going to result in an increased 
injury risk, especially in like those soft tissue strains. So we saw a heap of hamstring, calf injuries, um, you know, in those early weeks as, as, players were sort of getting used to that training load and then like like as you said like I, I think the game certainly has become different and and quickened up and and look at like I, I think definitely has added some excitement but it's one of those ones it, it was it the best time to sort of add a, a rule change in um, considering player safety when we already knew that the injury risk was going to be so high adding a whole lot more fatigue into the game um, you know guys getting tired putting their bodies in, in poor positions during contact and tackling and stuff like that when they were already up against it with the whole COVID situation. I mean, you've got reduced physios, reduced massage, reduced support staff because of the bubble. The bubble has restrictions on that. You've got game day travel, which is happening up and back on planes or buses. You've got guys coming in, replacement guys who aren't able to play, you know, cup footy so they're not playing q cup they're not playing new south wales cup and they're coming in you know fresh and and playing so there's just so many factors and it's not it's not one thing like it's not oh we point to this one thing and we say that's all of it but you've got all these things working against the players and then you throw in you know a short you know very very short warning for as you say like almost a, a change in the in the in the fabric of the game with with the the changes in the rules it's just a lot for to overcome and I think I think that is sort of you know it well it has resulted I've looked into it and it has resulted in more sort of major injuries this season mate obviously hindsight it's a fantastic tool we're we're going to apply it now if you could have gone back to then you know like and and I understand why the NRL made these changes in the rules and to be honest with you you know for the last year I've been saying rugby league is in the entertainment business not in the footy business they had to be more entertaining they were going to be the only sport on TV they had to get more eyes on the screens obviously your perspective would be very different from what you're talking about what changes would you have made if if you could go back to that day that we introduced the new rules you know would it be a matter of adding in more interchanges would it I, I you know I'm, I'm i'm not sure how, how you would uh go about it what what are your thoughts yeah i think i think you've kind of alluded to it is that it's really hard to find that balance between entertainment and safety because you know you, you look at things like the shoulder charge right which like me as a fan and i'm talking you know before i came became a physio and and probably even a little bit after i became a physio too but like the, the shoulder charges used to be one of the best parts of the game in terms of the entertainment for sure. But, but once you get a greater, gain a greater understanding of, of the, you know, what the risks that are involved with things like that, it, like you've got to try and find that balance. And, and I think that's the question in regards to making decisions at that time, it was, look, we've got to up the entertainment. And that was the, the edict from, you know, from the top dogs was to, to get it more entertaining and to get more eyes on the screens. Unfortunately, that's just probably, yeah, resulted in the, I, I guess, the player safety dipping back a little bit in the other direction. Unfortunately, look, me personally, I mean, I love footy and I love the entertainment, but I probably err more than most on the side of player safety. So I probably would have like opted i think the rule changes are good but it probably would have been better to implement them after a full off season where the guys had you know they had time they had months to sort of prepare for these rule changes just to try and minimize that injury risk as much as possible 
Now, mate, obviously I hate seeing the injury list we've got this year and, you know, all it makes me think about, and I'm extremely nervous about this Origin Series at the end of the year. I mean, we've seen so many guys come off not having proper pre-seasons to being injured in the NRL. To then have, you know, the guys that don't make finals are going to have a six or seven week break from footy and then are going to dive into three weeks of the most intense rugby league you can possibly play. It's just got trouble written all over it for me. Yeah, mate, it's going to be huge. And like we talked about just before about loads and how like, you know, managing loads has a, or training loads has a big influence on injury risk. So you, as you said, you're going to have guys and, and not only are those guys who haven't been playing for six weeks, it's going to be hard to come into the, the, you know, the biggest or most intense footy you play all year. But they're also going to be playing against opponents, some opponents who have been playing right up until the week before, right? So you're going to go have guys who are match hardened, who are ready to go, who have been in the thick of it right up until grand final day. And then you're going to have guys who haven't played footy in six weeks. So there's going to be a mismatch there. And that, that was the big argument for not having as many interchanges in terms of like increasing injury risk. Because if you have a fresh guy come onto the field, against a guy who's super fatigued, the guy who's super fatigued is probably going to be at a really high injury risk either when they're tackling the guy who's super fresh or or running at the guy who's super fresh. And and that applies, is, is probably going to apply to the players in the Origin Series full stop. Obviously not from an interchange perspective, but from the perspective of there's just going to be guys who are at different levels of preparedness and readiness to play that Origin Series. So it's going to be one that, I, you know, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how they manage that because it, it's going to be a real challenge for them. Obviously, mate, it would change the fabric of the game based on what we've seen this year. But to me, it just sounds like such a huge danger. Would you consider playing, you know, the 2020 Origin Series under the 2019 rules and maybe take away that six again to maybe ease a bit of pressure on some of these guys yeah. that haven't played footy? Absolutely. I, I think that I'm not sure if there's been any announcements yet, but that like, obviously that's going to be hard because guys have been playing with these new rules all season to then go back to the old rules might be a bit of a challenge. But I like me personally, I, I think it's definitely a consideration that has to be made to sort of like, obviously we'll keep an eye on these injuries over the next couple of months and sort of see whether it does die down a little bit. And that might, give a bit of leeway to be like, oh, okay, well, it might not be as bad. But certainly if the in- these injuries keep flowing in and, and guys, you know, keep suffering these major injuries, and because it's only going to be a very, very short short preseason, um, you know, you, you don't want guys suffering major injuries that then they'll, you know, miss the first couple of months of next season. And, mate, that's my number one worry. As soon as, you know, these rules were announced and we, you know, we had a, a- – a season that was going to go ahead without a preseason. The first thing I thought about was, fuck, this isn't going to be a one-year issue. This is going to be a two-year issue. How do you see the injury hangover coming into 2021? Yeah, well, I, like we've just talked about origin, and I think that's a really interesting sort of concept in terms of where it's positioned because like off-season for a lot of guys is the time to get things fixed up you know whether it be a surgery you know if they're dealing with like a a niggling like Achilles problem or something like that okay let's use the off season let's go and get the reconstructive surgery which has a five-month recovery period or let's really control the training loads to get that Achilles to settle down or something like that now say you're uh 
I don't know, say a, a Jake Trebojevic from last season where Manly, like, you know, might not make the finals and Jake needs a shoulder reconstruction, which usually requires a five-month recovery, he's going to have to sit there at the end of 20 rounds and be like, okay, do I go and get the reconstruction now? But I really want to play Origin, but Origin's not for another, you know, it's not going to finish for another eight to 10 weeks' time. If I play Origin and then get the reconstruction surgery, not only am I kind of, you know, stitching myself up for this year, then next year I'm going to miss the first, you know, six to eight weeks of the season because I've delayed having that surgery till November. Um, it's like it's not just going to be a, a 2019 thing. There's going to be some really tough decisions had to be made. It's really going to put a lot of strain on that, you know, club versus state kind of where does the allegiances lie? Who has the the last say on you know how guys are going to manage those injuries? Because they are ones like it, it's not uncommon for players to delay surgery to the off season. But if it's delaying surgery till the off season at the sacrifice of six to eight weeks next year, I don't think clubs are going to be too happy about that. So it's going to be a really interesting balancing act. Mate, the other thing that you know, no one's spoken about at all. But you know, I, I you know, I, I know plenty of guys that play New South Wales Cup footy who obviously aren't playing this year. That you know, now to replace that time, they've gone and got full-time jobs they're working five days they're diving into apprenticeships and a lot of them that I've spoken to like they're not coming back to playing footy next year and then we're going to have this injury hangover there's going to be injuries in first grade the guys you're going to be bringing up from reserve grade they're going to be either guys that probably aren't up to that level or guys that simply haven't played rugby league in like 18 months now it's just going to be chaos Oh, mate, absolutely. And I think that's like, yeah, I, I was reading an article this morning that they're talking about reducing the um, the squad sizes as well, the NRL squad sizes to try and save some money next year. So it's just going to be pandemonium. And then like the other consideration is, mate, is that who knows with all this coronavirus stuff, like is next season going to be that much different? You know, if coronavirus is still hanging around, there might still be no, you know, no cup footy. And if there's no cup footy, then there, as you say, the replacements are just not going to be there. Guys are going to be off working on job sites and stuff like that. And and those guys coming in, it, like if they come in flat, um, the yeah, the injury risk is just going to be through the roof. So, like, this is all unprecedented stuff, mate. Like, we're going through a global pandemic, which has effects, you know, on so many industries, but it, it's definitely having, having a significant effect you know, on the sporting industry as well. And, mate, like, we could still be seeing the effects of this in five years' time. Like, if you look at the Harold Matthews and the SG Ball comps this year, those comps have come to an end. You know, that's a, that's a key year of development that those kids desperately need they're not going to get there out now how many of them are going to return to rugby league next year how many of them you know it's just you know we could see this massive gap in five years time where we've got this one age group that missed out on this key bit of development it's going to play a huge role well i think i think because footy's still on our tvs it's probably something people don't think about enough um, you know, because cause it's still in front of our eyes and we still see the NRL, we're like, oh, well, you know, sports is still going on as normal. And it's just not the case. I mean, you, there, there's so many, like pretty much, and the guys up at the NRL level are obviously being affected, but every level below that is being affected tenfold over. Um, so as you say, like it's, it's not going to be a short-term thing. This is going to be something that over the next, you know, three to five years, it's, it's going to ha- have to be kept an eye on real closely. And, mate, at the end of the day, like this Origin Series at the end of the year, like I guarantee you that is going to end 
one team's premiership hopes next year, isn't it? And that's that's the worry, mate. That that is the. I mean, we can cross our fingers and our toes and just hope that you know a Teddy or a D- Daly Cherry Evans or someone like that doesn't go down. Um, but yeah, like like if someone blows an ACL in the Origin, um, they're not going to be back until May. You know, May at the earliest next year, and that's like best case scenario. So you just, yeah, we just like it'll literally be a, as I said, it won't just be us. It'll, I can tell you, there'll be some club bosses and coaches who'll be sitting there on the edge of their seat, really stressed during that origin period. Brian, before I let you go, mate, I uh, I spoke to a few of my really keen followers, and the the main question they all had for you was, what was the worst injury you've seen someone play through? I reckon I can guess what it is, but let's hear it. Yeah, look, this is uh, this is a real, a real easy one, especially in recent times. Like, obviously, recency bias might be a thing, but yeah, Cooper Cronk playing through that um, fractured, you know, completely fractured scapula. So we're not just talking about a little tiny break, you know, a little little tiny crack in the bone. Like it was split from one side of the shoulder blade to the other, so about thirteen centimeters long. Um, to to not only play through that, but to like and look, he obviously people will cry foul saying you know he barely did anything and all that kind of stuff. But just to get out there in a grand final, the biggest you know the, the biggest game. He, you know, most people will play in their lives. For him to do that with with that kind of injury, like that, that's a, you know, it's a ten week injury. It's it, it, the the pain just would have been insane. And and like you you hear about ones like your Sam Burgess, you know, in the grand final, like the, those kind of ones that happen in the spur of the moment, and the player just keeps going. And like in those situations, yes, super super crazy for players to play through that but you've got adrenaline you're in the game you know you you just kind of throw yourself in there and and, and you keep going whereas like Cooper's had to deal with the pain of a a fractured scapula all week sort of sit there and be like well like what am I going to do here am I going to be able to go out and tackle you know a Jesse Bromwich or a Nelson Asova Solomon because it was known that if he played like they were going to throw guys at him and look he only had to make a cut like I think you know I think he only made like eight or nine tackles but to sort of have to sit there and and weigh it up and be like can I put myself through this like that's just a crazy effort so it definitely sits at number one for me mate I even think in the change room before that with that sort of injury even putting on one of those skin tight jerseys that would have been a nightmare Oh, absolutely, mate. Like, it's like it's everything. Throwing a pass. Like, you know, I, I just can't I, – I really can't comprehend, like, how how he was able to do it. And, like, credit to the medical staff, too. They were, you know, the, like, I know the Roosters doc, Dr. Ibrahim, was, like, turning over every rock to try and find somebody who could help him, you know, try and inject some, you know, pain ki- you know painkillers in there and, and different things. And, and they were able to get him out there and he functioned really, really well and it got the Roosters the win. So, you know, that that's that's one of the best, one of the greatest sort of sports medicine stories you'll, you'll hear. If you're perfectly honest, mate, on the Monday leading up to the grand final, what odds would you have given him to play? If I if I had a known he had a scapular fracture, I would have said zero. Like if you had a if you had a told me on the Monday that the actual injury he suffered, there's just no way in hell I would have comprehended he would have played. Now obviously the Roosters did the bit of the ducks and drakes thing, and oh it's a, a rotator cuff injury or something like that, and 
if you go back and read my stuff, like I, I gave him a chance with, with that kind of injury, like, you know, because you, you can kind of get around that. But, um, yeah, like a like a major fracture like that, it, it literally, I would, like, I would have just ruled him out on the spot and I would have been very, very wrong and, like, happily so. But, um, yeah, that, that it's just... You, you haven't heard of it being done, and I certainly hadn't heard of it being done ever before. Brian, before I let you go, who wins the comp this year? Oh, that's a good question. I I think the Roosters. I reckon they're going to get – I'm going to jinx them, but I reckon they're going to get all their injured boys back, and I think when they're at full strength, they are close to unbeatable. Mate, three in a row with their injury list they've got would be simply incredible. I think they can do it from fourth. I reckon as long as they get top four, then they'll be good. Brian, mate, as always, it's a pleasure having you on. Always look forward to this chat. I know it's been a crazy few months for you. You've just been going 100 miles an hour. Really appreciate your time, mate. No, always happy, mate. I'll uh, chat to you sometime before the end of the season, I'm sure. If I've got any wood ducks listening that for whatever reason aren't (laughs) following you, where can they find you? Uh, Mate, uh, at NRL Physio across Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram and um, uh, at Caesars Palace isn't a bad follow too I've heard leave me out of that bloke (laughs) thanks for your time brother I really appreciate it we'll talk soon no worries mate sounds good Thanks again for joining us on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. It's been a cracking week with six or seven podcasts finishing off here with our interview with the NRL physio talking all things injuries in the NRL in 2020. If you haven't listened to all of our podcasts this week, go back and have a listen. We had part two of our Rowan Smith interview. He was an absolute champion, knows his footy inside and out. We had our Minutes That Matter. We had our Fan Is Short For Fanatic podcast with Jack dropped yesterday. He was brilliant, a Roosters fan. I know most of you hate him, but it was a fantastic listen from Jack telling his story. You just got to love to hate those Roosters fans. Fantastic for footy. And next week's dropping on Monday morning for you Raiders fans. It's a big day. We've got Raiders legend Terry Campisi on. He talks through his career and all of his opinions on rugby league. He's a fantastic bloke and I look forward to sharing that one with you. If you're listening on your phone or in the car, share a photo to your Instagram story, tag the Rugby League Guru and I can get it sharing on my page. Thanks for your support as always. Remember but always kick corners and keep playing smart footy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.